morning, sunrise. Welcome to church on this beautiful, very fall-feeling day. It's a little, little bit morning this past week when the beautiful 80s left us. But, you know, it is, it is October, right? So we're, it's fall. Michigan, beautiful, Michigan fall is beautiful, too. So, But welcome to worship. We're going to sing and praise God today. I am a little extra excited to lead worship today. My daughter, Lillian, is joining us singing with us. So thanks, Lillian. Why don't you guys stand as we prepare to worship and sing to God today and bring him our, our best. So. When all I see when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet. I sing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you when all i see are the ashes you see the beauty thank you god i see as a cross god you see the empty tomb so when i find The battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I sing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. 
shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Oh, almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And oh God, the battle belongs to you. Yes, amen. Oh God. 
your children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then god moved in power now you are the same god you are the same god you were a healer then you are a healer now you are the same god you are the same god you were a savior Captives, then you're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You touch the lepers, then I feel your touch right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. Yesterday and today and tomorrow, you're the same, you are the same God. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit, almighty river, come and fill me. and fill me again come and fill me again 
else that's our prayer this morning, God. Let your Holy Spirit just come move among us this morning. We ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Yes, God. And God, we believe the words that we just sang, that you are a healer. You are a provider. We can trust in you. You are a faithful God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We can lean into that right now this morning. Let's just take a moment to offer up our prayers. He is the same God. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're, we're holding on to. Let's take a few minutes to submit our request to him. come to you in prayer. You know in the first song that we sang that the battle is won through prayer. When we come to fight, we fight on our knees. So God, we bring you these requests and thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you hear us, God. You are a good and faithful God who loves his kids. We ask these things in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Why don't you guys take a seat? Well, good morning, Sunrise. How are we today? It is good to see you all. Who is happy that fall is finally here? Is anybody actually happy? Who's a little sad that summer is gone? I'm in that crowd. I love the 70s and 80s, but hey, it is good to see you all. And we have just a few brief announcements this morning. The first one is we have wine and theology this Tuesday at 7 p.m., not 6 p.m., not 6.30 p.m., 7 p.m. at Hudsonville Winery. So if you are interested in that, make sure you connect uh, with um, Pam Rosema, um, and she will help get you connected. It's going to be a great time. Recommend that you go. Um, also, this is really cool. Sunrise is turning officially 20 years old in two weeks. Uh, yeah, thank you for the couple yays. That's a big deal. Everyone say October 22nd. All right. October 22nd, we are celebrating Sunrise turning 20 years old. And it's going to be an amazing Sunday. We have some really cool things planned. And we just highly encourage you to be here to celebrate the faithfulness of the Lord over these past 20 years. That is a long time. And it's really just a really awesome, momentous occasion that we're excited to celebrate with you, the people who helped make it happen. 
So hey, uh, the last thing is this, is at this time we just want to remind you of um, a couple ways that you could give, um, just because it does take money to run a place like this, right? So um, you can give online, you can give by scanning the QR code, or you can give uh, via envelope in those amazing boxes back there. But it's just a way of just showing um, your generosity back um, to what the Lord has given you. So anyways, at this time, have everyone stand up, go ahead and greet each other, and kids are dismissed. Thanks, Sunrise. Good morning, Sunrise. You know, I love teaching God's Word, but I so much would rather be down there just chatting with everybody. <laughs> My name is Kelly Stepanek, um, Pastor Dennis. Um, announced me as Reverend Kelly Stepanek last week. Um, Pastor Kelly Stepanek, but to be totally honest, um, my heart is Chaplain Kelly. Um, and the way you should address me is Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just one that likes to walk alongside people. Um, we've, I've been a member of Sunrise since the beginning. I've just watched this family grow and been through so many ups and downs. But I want to be honest with you this morning that my heart is very heavy. Um, it's been a pretty intense week. Um, if you've watched the prayer requests that have come across at sunrise, praying for um, Jake Chapman, um, who, um, whose heart stopped a week ago, and his dad did CPR on him, and he's been in the pediatric intensive care unit, which is where I work at the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital. Um, prayers for Grace Bosma, who's currently fighting for her life in the ICU at St. Mary's. Um, and my heart absolutely broke when I received a phone call last night, and I wanted to share with you guys with heavy heart. Um, the reason I am preaching this morning is to fill in for Dennis, um, who you know was at his son Caleb's wedding Friday night. Um, he said he went, I talked to him yesterday, he said he went just as dad, his brother actually, Caleb's uncle actually did the ceremony. Um, yeah, my heart is heavy to say that even though the wedding went well, the wedding was held here at sunrise, um, the reception went well, that at 8.30 Friday night, um, Dennis's mom said, I don't feel so good. Um, and Dennis's dad brought her back to Dennis's house. Um, and 11 o'clock when they were cleaning up this area from the wedding, they received a phone call from, Dennis received a phone call from his dad that said, um, mom's not good, I'm calling an ambulance. And at 12.30 a.m., his mom passed away. So you can feel the heaviness of that. Um, I would imagine Dennis and Amy and Caleb and his beautiful wife, Alex, um, are feeling like this was the best day of their life and the worst day of their life all in the same time. So our sermon series that we've been doing is prayer, right? The first three weeks was the Lord's Prayer. Last week, Dennis himself preached on intercessory prayer, prayer that's other-focused. And now we need to focus our prayers also toward their family, intercessory prayer for comfort for them. This week, we're going to dive into prayer as provision, which I think is also very appropriate. In light of all that's going on this week, I think we need to pray. 
So let's just take a minute before I open up our word um, and just lift um, this congregation and God's word um, in prayer. Father God, I thank you that even when our hearts are so heavy to hear the news um, of Pastor Dennis and Amy and Caleb and Alex's mom and grandma has passed into glory into your arms. We acknowledge, Lord Jesus, the sadness that they're feeling right now. We would imagine that might even be described as numbness. And Lord, there's so many other people that we've been praying fervently for this week. But I just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're not a God of chaos. There's no chaos to you. That you hold this plan all in your hand. So Lord, as we dive into your word this morning, I just pray that um, my words will be your words, Lord. And if there's anything that comes from my lips that's not from you, I pray that as you sift with wheat, they will fall to the ground. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're about to show us in and through your word. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. So today's scripture um, that Dennis has given me um, is from John 9, 1 through 12. And it's on Jesus um, healing a man born blind. So as we read through this, I'm going to kind of unpack things a little bit as we read. So it starts out, as Jesus went along, or as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. So just in that statement itself, um, we know that Jesus was on his way um, from the temple near its gates. We know that Jesus um, was part of the Feast of the Tabernacles. It was a celebration that all the Jewish men would go. It lasted one week. They were celebrating their 40 years, uh, God's provision in their 40 years in the desert. Um, but it also was kind of a celebration of the end of the harvest season. Um, so Jesus was coming from the temple. And there's a long walkway that goes down to the Pool of Siloam, which, where it's near the gates where you would leave um, the temple area. And it's, it's um, instructive that this man was blind from birth, right? Um, it just demonstrates Jesus' spiritual authority to heal. And it's also important for us to know that Jesus was about to do this on the Sabbath, which is something the Pharisees don't like so much. But Jesus also shows his authority over Jewish law. So as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So the disciples presume of their day, um, similar to most Palestinian Jews at that time, that sin and suffering were intimately connected. Um, if you look at the book of Job, <laughs> two-thirds of the book of Job is his friends criticizing him to say, this is your fault. You did all these things wrong. You need to repent. This is, and it was not Job's fault of all he had gone through. Um, but back in that day, sin was believed to be attributed either to the parents. So in the second commandment, it says... Um, they, the children will be punished by God for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Thank you, Mom and Dad, that you were wonderful parents, by the way. <laughs> um, but also due to prenatal sin, as far as Jacob and Esau wrestling in Rebekah's womb, that was considered prenatal sin. But Jesus is very clear here. Um, 
He doesn't disagree that suffering can come from sin, right? Sometimes we have consequences for our sin. But Jesus is saying no. Um, Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am the, in the world, I am the light of the world. And Jesus is talking about a dark period, and he's not talking about later on when the Holy Spirit would come on them and they would do work through the Holy Spirit. He's talking about when he's actually going to be put on the cross. And there would be darkness for those three days. So he's calling his disciples to come around him, not only Jesus to do the work, but for the disciples to do the work as well. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. So again, this work violated the Sabbath law. So Jesus is showing his um, freedom from the, from the Sabbath law. What was interesting to me in this too is that Jesus doesn't even ask the man if he wants to be healed. He doesn't even ask the man, do you believe me that I can heal you? It is strictly by Jesus' grace that he heals this man. Go, Jesus told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So if Jesus used the mud and his spit to prompt the man's faith, he was asking the man to act in faith by walking to the pool of Siloam and washing his eyes. And the reason they say sent, there's different, um, different theologians believe different takes on this, but um, King Hezekiah had built a canal, um, and that canal of water went into the pool of Siloam. So that was sent from that canal. But also, it's key to know that in um, John's, in the book of John, um, it's over, let's see if I wrote that in here. Um, the sent one, Jesus is called the sent one around 20 times in John's text, even before we get to this story of chapter 8. So, Jesus being the sent one to heal and to bring light to the world. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that it was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. It's also instructive that Jesus, when he did miracles, didn't often hang around after he did a miracle. He did not want any vain glory attached to that miracle. He wanted all of it to go, the glory to go to God. So 
after this text, just to give you a little bit more of what happens, um, the previously blind man, the people bring him to the Pharisees because they're not quite sure this is the man, even though they've seen this very man from birth, or not from birth probably, a little older, but begging at this pool and knew that he was blind. They're not wanting to believe. They literally had spiritual blindness themselves. Um, so he testifies of Jesus' ability to heal. They actually question his parents. Is this your son? Was he blind from birth? Yes. Then they go back and question him again. And I had to laugh a little bit because he even adds a little bit of humor. He says to the Pharisees, why are you asking me this again? I've already told you. Do you want to be his disciples too? They didn't like that. <laughs> we follow Moses. You know, they were very... So he was eventually thrown out of the temple. And then Jesus hearing that he was um, thrown out of the temple, met him. And at that point, Jesus said, do you believe that I'm the son of God? And he confesses his faith in Jesus as his Lord and Savior. In fact, even further down in John, he again professes his faith and continues to minister that Jesus is the son of God. So God is working in and through him. So what does this have to do with us? Um, and what does this have to do with prayer? So this man encountered Jesus, and he received what he had for him, right? Not only physical sight, but spiritual sight. We can't have Jesus walk in and put mud on our eyes or give us insight in the physical body, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so through prayer, we encounter Jesus himself by a work of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gives us what we, are, what we are needing and what he has for us. You know, we may not be completely spiritually blind, but can we always use a little more spiritual insight? <laughs> I know I can after this week of saying, why God, why all of this? I don't know, but you know, God. Remove the scales from my eyes. So the first thing I want to say about prayer is that prayer is holy ground. I can't tell you how many parents I've stood with in the pediatric intensive care unit and the neonatal intensive care unit. I also do labor delivery and bereavement and sometimes the adult trauma world. How many times I've stood with people and said, this is holy ground. This is where we encounter our triune God that loves us so much and is so present right now. So when we pray, we encounter Christ through the Holy Spirit who meets us right where we are in whatever circumstance we're in. Are we worried about finances? Are we worried about our kids? Are we worried about loved ones? Are we worried about ourselves? Jesus meets us right where we are. And the moment we pray, pray is holy ground. I like to envision that the heavenlies are just opened up. And it's just, Christ is just so present in that moment. So how does God provide for us um, through prayer? He provides his presence, both directly sensing the Lord's presence with us, but then also sometimes sensing the Lord's presence through others. Have you ever received that phone call from someone that said, God, you were on my mind today and I don't know why, but I wanted to call you. I did that once and a dear friend of mine just burst into tears and said, I don't know how you knew this, but I needed to talk today. I didn't know she needed that. 
Um, and Lord, help me for the times I haven't listened to his promptings. But um, God is with us, and God is also with us through others. God provides his peace for us. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests before God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It transcends all of our human understanding to provide that peace for us. His comfort he promises to provide his comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God promises his, his comfort, but also he promises us his strength. I think of Grace Bosma fighting for her life in the ICU at St. Mary's. Her physical strength is very, very weak right now. But we are surrounding her in prayer, and she is praying for the Lord to be her strength when she doesn't have physical strength anymore. Psalm 46 says, God is our strength. He's our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God also provides his discernment. He says, Jesus says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. You know, when I'm, some of you that know me know one of my favorite verses is Matthew 10, 19. He'll also, allow, um, he'll also allow us to have him be our words. And Matthew 10, 19 says, Do not worry about what to say, for at the time it will be given you, given to you, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. How many patients I meet that I stand at the door and I say Matthew 10, 19 before I enter. A mom that has lost one of her twins to a gunshot wound and her other one is quadriplegic. It's a long story. But how, what do you say to a mom that's potentially losing two of her teenage sons? I don't know, but God knows. And I could go on and on and on in that story, which I won't, because we do have a time limit. But how God provided the words that that mama needed to hear, I had no idea about. That's what prayer is for, when God provides for us his discernment, his words. But I think the hardest part of prayer is provision, is God providing his will. You know, I was... Um, Processing this actually with my um, daughter Lexi and then I was talking through it with Patty the other day too because it just came over me of when Dennis talked about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was going to be crucified on the cross and Jesus said take this cup from me but then immediately followed that up with 
yet not my will, but your will be done. So this has been resonating in my mind. Jesus was fully human, right? He had full humanity. He also had full divinity. So in that one sentence is that spiritual conflict that we feel. Our humanity says, take this cup from me. I said that last night. I'm like, Lord, I actually said it for sunrise. Take this cup from sunrise. It's too many people that we love so dearly that are hurting. And in the same respects you say, yet not our will, or yet not my will, but your will be done, Lord. I had a beautiful conversation with Jim and Patty Wallinga this week. And they shared their testimony of God's provision for them in and through the loss of their daughter, Kimmy, to breast cancer, shortly after she had delivered beautiful twin boys, Willem and Garrett. And they shared with me how God had provided for them in and through all of that. And I think they probably touched on every single one of these points. And if you were to talk to them today, um, they would say, man, it's hard when they realize it's God's will that their daughter is not going to be healed on earth. But their words to you would be, God is still good. God is still good. And God is faithful. And God is still present. And God continues to provide in their grief. We might not understand God's eternal purposes until they actually come to pass. In John 13, 7, Jesus says, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. Sometimes we, don't, sometimes we may never see on earth the reason why something happened. Um, sometimes there's this um, ripple effect that maybe it didn't even have anything to do with you. But it was like the person in Ohio that now is praying to God because they love you and they want you to be healed. And they're going to church for the first time to say, God, here I am. I mean, we have no idea the ripple effect of what we go through. But God promises that as we pray, he will provide for us. So I would love to share a video with you. Um, Greg and my precious daughter-in-law, Amy, um, I was blessed to just sit down and chat with her a little bit. And she chair, she's going to share her testimony of where God was and continues to be in and through a very difficult journey that she had to walk through. Amy, I have personally witnessed um, you have a very passionate love for Jesus and an amazing testimony because um, your journey in life has not been easy. Um, from what I know, you've had a very, very difficult journey. And I'm curious um, where, how God has been present in and through that journey. Mm -hmm. So I wondered if you'd share with us a little bit about that journey. Um, tell us a little bit about your dad, mm -hmm. um, how his journey also became your journey. Mm -hmm. So my journey, my story, starts when I was in middle school. My dad was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor, mm -hmm. and that was pressing on nerves in his neck that affected his ability to function normally. So he 
wasn't able to walk appropriately. Um, he had double vision and um, slurred speech. Um, so he was bedridden in our home for seven years. Oh, wow. Needed assistance with, um, you know, activities of daily living, just eating and drinking, going to the bathroom. Um, he was in a wheelchair. So it was just a very difficult time for our family. Um, two older brothers who did um, help out, you know, quite a bit, which I'm grateful for, and a mom, but it was really hard on us all. Wow. So seven years. So your dad was yeah. diagnosed when you were in middle school, mm -hmm. and then your dad passed away. What grade were you in? I was a senior in high school when he passed. So, yeah, just very difficult, you know. So where did you see God through those years, from middle school to high school, maybe more high school because you mm -hmm. were a little older? Yeah, I feel like we really saw God present in the people around us. Our church family just really stood by us, especially my parents' small group. They would come to our house and just continue their Bible study and their mm -hmm. small group activities. and. I just saw God's presence in that wow. and that support. And that was so important for my mom to, to feel that love and support yeah. from you know God through other people in our church. Yeah. And for me too, I feel like there were a couple people that were really influential, um, especially my youth leader too, um, really supported me in my faith walk in that time as well. Um, Do you have friends come around you in high school too? Yeah, friends were really important to me in high school to come alongside of me. And there was a one friend in particular who encouraged me to read the Bible in a year. So we did that together and that was so important in my life at that time. And I didn't even realize it until looking back, but God was just so present in his word to me. You know, when you read a scripture and it's like, it was made for you. Oh, and on the down days where I'm just so sad and so defeated and just um, confused and a little bit angry at God, God shows me his presence and his word and shows me the faithfulness he's, you know, had in characters in the Bible and been faithful to them. And it's inspiring to know that that's the same God, that God does not change and God will be faithful to me, even though I might not see it right now. So that was really important mm -hmm. to me too. Imagine during that time too that um, you probably prayed for healing for your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was definitely. that like for you? Did you? I mean, I pray that the Lord would just have mercy and heal him. And I truly believe that. I knew that the Lord could do it. He's a miracle worker. And I believed it, but that prayer wasn't answered in his physical body. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard, yeah. you know, when God doesn't answer the way we want. You know, we think that we have all the answers sometimes, but his ways are much higher than our ways. And um, just to have to realize that, you know, that prayer wasn't answered. Wow. So then after your dad's death, um, in the loss of your earthly father, um, where was God for you there? Did you feel his provision after that? God did a work in me 
during that time, and I really surrendered my whole life to him. I was able to say that, Lord, you are my Heavenly Father. You are my Daddy, Abba Father, and to trust him completely. Um, I know that he gives his children good gifts and that he works in mysterious ways for our benefit. And just to be able to trust him completely and my faith definitely was strengthened by that time. Wow. So I hear you say that he works in mysterious ways. So how long has it been since your dad died? Um, It's been 11 years. So quite a while. And after going through that journey, have you seen God's provision that he's provided for you in and through that experience with your dad? And how is, what does that look like? Yeah. It's so cool when we see God's hand in our story. Sometimes we just have to trust that he's working, but I actually, you know, can picture and see God in my story um, in a few different vivid ways. One of them being um, my journey as a nurse, because there were hospice nurses that came into our home and were able to provide care for my dad. And that really inspired me to become a nurse and just to know that the powerful impact they had to have compassion on people who can't care for themselves. And that's really, you know, what inspired me to, to want to have a vocation of being a nurse. Wow. And then also my marriage to my husband is a big one. Okay. That may not have happened if my dad never got sick. So Mike's, my husband Mike's husband, um, my husband also had a similar experience. His mom passed away in high school when he was in high school. So uh, my friend in college set us up because of our similar experiences. And we just were bonded from the moment we met. We kind of shared our stories and mm-hmm. our faith through that difficult time. And that is what bonded us just from the beginning. And the rest was history. Wow. So it's a really special thing. And I give God the glory for that and mm-hmm. how he can turn something so horrible into, you know, a bright future. Mm-hmm. So it's really encouraging to see his faithfulness in that. Wow, Amy, you are so amazing. So easy to see Jesus through you. Um, Just an amazing, godly woman, and you are such a blessing. Well, he is continuing to work in my life, and um, I have been able to trust him more because I've seen his faithfulness in my life. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. so easy to see Jesus in and through that story, but then also see, as it said for this blind man, that Jesus was going to be seen in and through Amy's story. Um, So thank you, Amy, for sharing that testimony with us. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that continues on as she continues. And I think maybe she'll, when she gets old like me, she'll go to seminary and she'll not do the nursing thing and then she'll... (laughs) We'll talk about that later, Amy. Um, So as the praise team comes forward this morning, may we be reminded that when we pray, we're on holy ground. The heavenlies are opened up, and we interact with Jesus. It's really about relationship. It's where we come to know him. He already knows us. It's where his will 
start, where our will starts to align with his will. And it's where our hearts start to align with his heart. Because he loves us. We've heard sad stories, but we know there's another side. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that other side that there will be. So let us take two things with us. Let us remember the knowledge of how God provides for us through prayer. But let, let us not also forget um, the importance of listening and acting on the Holy Spirit's promptings. Because you may just be the person that God's going to use to answer someone else's prayer. And on that note, um, my wonderful husband Greg has provided us um, some address cards for Pastor Dennis and Amy. In the back, they're stacked all over the different tables. If you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to send them a note or a card, I'm sure that they would appreciate that in their time of grieving right now. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're not our Lord that is up in heaven, turned away, uninterested, but that you are here right now. That your very life is within the people in this church. And that your biggest desire, Lord Jesus, is to love on us and to provide for us. So Lord Jesus, I just pray that as Sunrise Ministries, a people of God, that we could just maybe name one thing that we've been hanging on to and needing to control. And I pray that we can just name that in our mind and that we can just lay that at your feet, Lord Jesus. Because we know that you have plans to prosper. We know that you love us and we know that your ways, fortunately, are not our ways because you will turn all things out for good. So today we rest in that knowledge, Lord Jesus. We pray your presence and your comfort over Pastor Dennis and Amy and Caleb and Alex, all of their family. We pray your presence in the intensive care room with Jake Chapman. We pray your presence over Don and Cheryl Karsten's daughter, uh, granddaughter, who's in the neonatal intensive care unit. We pray for Gracie. May they all sense your presence, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen.
You're the king of my life. You're the king of my life. Let's stand together. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. in song sing hallelujah to the everlasting one there is no higher name Jesus you reign above it all you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, now seated alone in glory, thrown on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, now seated alone in glory, thrown on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. You reign above it all, you reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign. Above it all, yes, you reign above it all. Oh, you reign above it all, yes, you reign above it all. You reign above it all.
above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. I have one more quick story to tell you at the end of our time about prayer. Because the Lord knows our needs. In the times when we can't pray, when we are in the depths, he hears the groanings of our heart. So the moment that Chad, and I've asked anyone that I've mentioned today, I have asked permission to share their story. As chaplain confidentiality, I always ask. So I asked Jacob, who's doing much better now, Jacob Chapman. I asked him and Rachel and Chad, is it okay if I share this with our congregation? And they said, you bet. God has been in and through all of this. So the moment that Jacob, or the moment that Chad realized that Jacob had no pulse and got him down to the floor in their kitchen and was doing CPR on him, and Rachel was on the phone calling 911, across the street from them, one of their neighbors was having Bible study with their ladies. She had not had it for quite a long time, but for this she was feeling like she was too busy, but for this night she felt like she needed to have this Bible study. As these women were leaving the house, they saw the emergency vehicle in front of the Chapman's house. They had no idea what was going on. They walked across the street, they grabbed hands, and they prayed. And they continued to pray. As Jacob was brought into the ambulance and brought to the hospital. That's God. That's amazing. I mean, like, amazing. And that is one blip. Someday we'll have to give the full testimony of Jacob Chapman of the miracle after miracle after miracle that have happened in result of prayer in his story. So this week, may your prayer life be renewed. Prayer is nothing fancy. Just talk to God. Start with, God, I don't feel like going to work today. Whatever's on your mind, just start with God and just talk to him. It's relationship, and he's right there with you, and he just want to have interaction with you. May you go in his peace this week. Amen. <laughs>